0: You are in the seventh week today of our series I heart summer. It's the seventh week of the series in the seventh month of the year on the 17th of the month. So maybe God's into something here today with that. So let's just see. But uh, I'm going to preach today uh, a subject uh, entitled uh, we've been talking about matters of the heart. So they exploring the matters of the heart. And so I want to talk about the testimony of our heart today the testimony of our heart. We've been going through a bunch of different things for the last few weeks. We started the series by saying that the scripture says uh, that we're to guard our heart, be careful, protect, guard, be on defense of the things that are trying to get into your heart, because the scripture says uh, that your life flows from it. Anything that's happening in your life, you know, it comes from your heart. And so it's saying guard or disallow things. Part of the reason you got to guard or disallow is because you want to make sure you have the right things going on and coming out of your heart. And so testimony is something that's important to God. And uh, we're going to take a look at it in scripture. So let's pray and we'll jump into it. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for the way that you love us and lead us. Lord, we ask that you speak to us today, that you reveal yourself to us today. Lord, as we look at your scriptures and your truths, uh, God, we ask that you just make things new in our minds and hearts, Lord, so that we can live the way that you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. We uh, Last week, um, we spent some time, kind of a little bit of sort of family business and, 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 kind of just the church being the church family. And, um, we spent, uh, some time, uh, believing a few things. Uh, there was, there was an accident that took place in the member uh, of our church, a family member of our church. So let me introduce you to her. This is Hannah up here on the screen. And on July 4th night, she was involved in a car accident, which actually had her ejected from the car. And she sustained, um, very, uh, Extreme injury, and of course they rushed her into the hospital, and uh, she was in a coma, and they had to remove uh, a portion of her skull to be able to make sure the swelling didn't do more damage, and so they put her in this state of coma and um, and really began to pray and believe that extreme swelling wouldn't take place. Um, but at that point, uh, you know, we received phone calls and and, and began to pray and get our prayer team praying, but. You know, I've been in youth ministry a long time. I've seen a long, a lot of these kind of injuries. You know, in, in medical professionals, uh, they've done an amazing job through this process, and, and we appreciate their wisdom. But um, you know, in a situation like this, there was a really bad diagnosis—not uh, only brain damage, but you know, possible paralysis and a lot of things that would follow. An extreme injury like this. She had a broken jaw and lung uh, issues and, and, and broken ribs and m- many other injuries and lacerations. And, um, and so we decided as a church, you know, we're a spirit led church. It's important, you know, to be spirit filled and, and it's important to also then be spirit led. Say, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? So we have series and we have plans that, that we believe the Lord is leading us to, but we're also people that are ready for when the Lord wants to call an audible, we, we go with it. Amen. And so we felt it was really important as a church for us to come together. And not only pray for Hannah, but also pray for anyone who's uh, believing for a miracle. We believe that God still does signs and wonders. Amen. Amen. That God still moves in power and the miraculous. And so we said, hey, as a church, we're going to take a look at this gift that God gave us called intercessory prayer. This ability to intercede on somebody else's behalf. You know, it's all in scripture and God calls us to walk that way. And so as a church, we, we set ourselves for that last week. And we, we got into a time of intercession and prayer and believing uh, for God to intervene. And at the same time, we also took communion communion, uh, communing together with the Lord and, and his broken body for us. And so we did communion. And, uh, we also believe that communion can be a meal that heals as we, Jesus instructed us to, to look back and remember what he did for us. Well, one of the things he did for us on the cross was he provided healing. Isaiah says that by his stripes, the thing that he bore on his body, we can walk in healing. And so we devoted ourselves to praying and believing and interceding for many people uh, on, on that behalf. And, you know, there's a temptation, you know, that gets put in uh, when it comes to religious you know, organizations, if you will, or churches or things uh, where I say, well, I'll be careful. You don't want to get anybody's hopes up or you sort of have this sort of really passive way of answering things. Is that a B? Uh I'm doing a um, Mike Pence up here. Is it going to just be hanging on my... <laughs> but you have this temptation. Hopefully, I'm a little more energetic than... Uh... <clears throat> <laughs> you know, my whole life, Mama tried to get me to work on the words that I say, and I it's probably the best I've ever done right now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so... <laughs> Go back to this. There's this passive temptation when it comes to like religion and ministry is uh, we do pray the Lord's will and we do pray on earth as in heaven. And, and, and there is we do believe in the sovereignty of God. But sometimes you can just be really passive and say, well, the Lord's will, whatever it may be, the Lord's will, and kind of pat someone on the head and send them down the road instead of saying, no, God answers prayers. Yeah. And all throughout scripture, it's God's people going and interceding and and believing and and, and stepping in. And so, you know, there's times where, you know, it's like you got to go after it. So we went after it. And I appreciate all of you so stinking much, you know, as much as it's like a little unusual. And and if you were at last week's service, you know, it gets a little bit intense and heartfelt and passionate. But I, I probably never received more text, emails, messages, messengers. Uh, I've probably never received more as your pastor than I did last week, just from so many of you saying, um, thank you for the service. It encouraged us. We felt the power of God, presence of God. Uh, and I, all age ranges. I mean, I had teenagers messaging me. I had everybody messaging me just saying, what, 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 a, what an incredible thing it was. Are you with me? And so thank you for the messages and those that came in. But um, so we did that. We went after it last week. That was Sunday. And I encourage you, there's still power in that sermon. Go back and watch it. It it, it was something that if this is your home church, you'll want to kind of experience. And so that was Sunday, Monday, Hannah, uh, was scheduled to get an MRI, you know, with all the swelling and all the different things. And because it's such a serious state, uh, you know, they don't do any of those testing. And so Monday she went in for her MRI to, in, in their terms to take a look at how much more potential damage there is and what the long term thing would be. And I'm so happy to tell you that after Monday, uh, her MRI scans came back clear, like no future surgeries right away. Yeah. So that's Monday. So that's Monday. We got such a great report. We're so grateful and praising God and and grateful. And then and I don't get all the timelines perfect because, of course, the family's so busy and got so much going on. But we're getting communications as much as we can. So Tuesday overnight, uh, she opened her eyes. So she went in and got the MRI, still in a coma, that kind of thing. And Tuesday night overnight, she opened her eyes and her family asked her, hey, if you recognize us, if you're if you're there, you know, blink twice. And she blinked twice. And then later in the time of overnight into Wednesday, uh, she was able to recognize people in the room. Hey, where's grandma and point to grandma. She has recognition. Come on, somebody. And (laughs) later in that day, Tuesday, same thing Tuesday. Later in that day, she was able to sit up in the bed. And then later in that day, she was standing, you guys, standing, you guys. and I, Yeah, come on, give it up to God for that. So she's recognizing people. And here's why it's so important for us to contend and believe and, and know that God is the God who still moves in power and signs and wonders. Is one, because he does it. But the other reason is the next generation is watching. Yeah. Right. Sunday after church, uh, a bunch of the kids in kids ministry prayed. Uh, Hannah has a little sister who's my daughter's age in the 10-years-old age range, and they're good buddies. And and so all the kids' ministry, as we were all praying, kids' ministry prayed as well, uh, of course, with a lot less detail of circumstances, but but they all prayed. They were all praying. And so there was an event that happened after church yesterday, and a bunch of the kids from uh, the church uh, were over at a house, and there was a babysitter at the house who doesn't come to the church And so it doesn't know anything about the situation. And so uh, the parent of the person who set all this up uh, said that after uh, they went back and the time was over, the babysitter said back to the parent, hey, um, I heard what happened with the girl. All the kids today after church told us about what's going on and that they were praying. They told us we need to be praying, too. I need to be praying, too. So the babysitter was like, so I'm praying, too. (laughs) Like these kids got the babysitter praying. Like These kids in the afternoon were like, hey, you know what? We're going to keep believing and interceding, contending. Come on. This is why it's important. And so, uh, yeah, give it up. And so, Monday night was my youngest daughter's birthday party, and Hannah's little sister came to the birthday party, and we had the opportunity to kind of hang out with her, and she got to spend some time with my daughter. And uh, and so, they're praying together, leaving together, standing on God's streets together. And so, the next day, we were bringing uh, Hannah's little sister back to her house, and so we're just driving in the car, and I'm being goofy, and she had a sleepover so i was saying oh caroline didn't snore did she she's like yeah caroline snored and then she said but not as bad as my dad snores so that was funny and then we're just having a good time but then we got talking about praying and she said oh you know and the whole church was praying the whole church was praying for my sister and that's what we were telling the next generation yeah this whole church is going to be praying i said you know what else I said, I'm in a lot of different groups on Facebook, pastors groups and all these other churches. And all week after I posted that we'd be praying, I had pastors from all over the country, all over the world messaging me saying, hey, we've added her to our prayer team and we're praying for her in our service. I said, I, I said to Hannah's little sister, I said, hey, guess what? Not, not only our whole church, but churches all over the world. Pray. I said, thousands of people are praying for your sister. She sat back there with her little sleepover bag and her eyes got all filled up with tears. Oh, wow. Thousands. We do it for the next generation. We contend and we push and we believe for signs and wonders in the miraculous because it makes a difference. Because I believe years from now, when these little girls grow up and they're connected to somebody maybe going through high school and they hear that their friend is having suicidal thoughts or their their friend is going through some traumatic situation, they can stop right there and say, hey, hold on a second. There's power in prayer. I've seen God move in the miraculous. How many are with me? This is why we do it. Can I get amen? So Tuesday afternoon. Hannah's mom calls Jess and says, oh, my gosh, she's awake. This is amazing. This is amazing. This... And Hannah's little sister says, I want to tell Caroline. Can I get the phone? I want to be the one to tell Caroline. You know why? Because that little Holy Spirit on the inside of her wanted to celebrate a victory with my daughter. Because there's no such thing as the junior Holy Spirit. When, when you get a victory, how I mean, you know that's something that wants to be sh- shouted and celebrated, even among the young generation. Can I get an amen today? So we contend and we believe and we go for it because I believe God moves in signs and wonders. Can I get an amen? But the importance and this is what I want to settle on today for just maybe the next twenty minutes is this: it's so important that we steward these things well. We've seen the television preacher who abuses these kinds of things and signs and wonders and miracles, and they're selling their hankies and they're throwing their jackets over people. We've seen it abused. But there is power in God moving in power and healing and then us giving testimony unto his glory. I believe there's a recycling machine that happens when we do that. But it comes down to how how we steward this. Amen. Here's what I want us to know. At vertical, we prayed and God moved. God didn't move because vertical did something. Are you here today? It's so important for us to believe in intercession and the power to come together and say, we're going to do this and we're going to go after it. But by God's sovereignty and his grace, he moved in the miraculous. Are you with me? We're in trouble if we have these thoughts of because we did this, then God did this. Nothing is unto our own. It's all unto the glory of God. Amen. It's such a weird place to be, though, when you think about contending in intercession, because the scripture does give nod to God moving on behalf of people's faith. We see in Mark chapter 2, verse 5, you guys know the story. There's a paralyzed man, and they go to this house, and the house is full. Jesus is teaching, you literally can't get in. And the faith of these friends was so extreme that they climbed up the building, they ripped the roof off, and the scripture says that they lowered their friend down in front of Jesus, this Mission Impossible scene. Here comes this paralytic person down to Jesus. And the scripture does say that when Jesus saw it, the scripture says that he saw their faith and moved and answered their prayer. So as much as I'm over here trying to say we got to be careful how we steward when we pray and we see the miraculous and God answers our prayers, we always have to be in the posture of, God, you did this. Yes, we did our part. And yes, I believe God moves when he sees faith. But it's always the sovereignty in the grace of God when he answers prayer. Can I get an amen? I also believe it's the miraculous that when you pray and you endure and you don't get your answer and you continue to endure and you continue to endure, I also believe that's testimony unto the glory of God. Can I get an Amen. And so there is this, hey, we did this and God moved. But at the same time, we do things and God does it not on our account. Amen. It's important that we boast on God. We don't say, look what I did. I prayed and this person saw a miracle. It's we prayed and God did this. God did this. Can I get an amen? Scripture says that God is not a respecter of persons. There's a trouble thing that we see in, in, in healing movements and, and, and people who believe for the miraculous. They, they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm really a prayer. I'm really somebody who sees God move in signs and wonders. No, you see someone who God moves in grace in your life. Yeah. He's not a respecter of person. You don't get to like a higher level and another level and you have more badges than the others. I believe God can use somebody who's been saved a minute to move in the miraculous. I actually believe God could use somebody who's unsaved to move. Are you with me? So God is not a respecter of persons. I don't want us to get into, well, you know, our church, we play and we pray and we believe this. No, God's grace is the reason for anything. Amen. Uh, I thought about this. Um, If in our minds we begin to think we are the source, I did this and God did this. We're the source. We are not the source. God is the source. If we begin to think we are the factor, oh, if I could just get, if I could just get there and pray. That makes you the factor in the miraculous, and that's not our posture. Or, oh, God heals through me, because it's me. No, God heals through his grace and sovereignty. Can I get an amen? We have to think about this whenever we're talking about testimony. Are you at the center of the testimony, or is Jesus at the center of the testimony? Whenever we're given testimony, we're talking the goodness of God. Are we saying, I did these things, I decided this, and I did this. Now, of course, we get ourselves in position, and we follow all these steps without a doubt. But we got to make Jesus at the center of it. We're going to talk about testimony for a little bit because this is how God works. Whenever he does the miraculous, it's our response should always be testimony and glory unto and back unto the glory of God. I love the word testimony because the word testimony in Hebrew means this, do it again. Anytime God has ever done anything and there's a testimony of it, it means that we have the right and the belief that God can do it again. Amen. He can do it again. If he's ever done it before, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a God who wants to do it again. Can I get an amen? Yeah, yeah. There's an interesting kind of thing when it comes to how we intercede or how we stand in the gap for the miraculous. I'm going to do the best I can to explain it. Uh, one is this. There's, there's intercession when there's kind of already a wave, Uh, Maybe you're a type of person who you came into an atmosphere like this or you stepped into a church service. And as soon as you got on, worship was going and the presence was moving and God's spirit was already flowing. There's something going on. And you stepped in. You said, "Whoa, there's something here. There's already a wave happening. That's like a power. It's already happened. There's intercession. It's already been it's already been stirred up. The prayer team got things going. You step into a presence. There's there's intercession that has created this wave of God's power. But then there's another intercession where you have to use your authority. Like right in the, there is no wave. There is nothing set up. Maybe you've ever walked into an atmosphere and you, right away, your spirit like knew, oh, something good is not here. Something good is not going on here. And so by your authority, you have to strike up prayer. You have to strike up intercession. You have to change the atmosphere. Maybe you've been connected with somebody and and all of a sudden they share something with you. And you say, oh, this is not good. Right now, I'm going to change this atmosphere by speaking back a testimony or using scripture or encouraging with my words. You know what I'm talking about. And so that one is when we use our authority. There's intercession that's power. It's this wave that we can step into. Then there's other times where we have to say, okay, right here in this moment, we're going to declare. We're going to take a stand. Are you with me? Testimony does that. Testimony, I believe, is is us using our authority to say, I know this is the report. I know this is what it looks like. But I believe that God can do this. And we use our authority to declare what God can do. Come here with me. And so it's important for us. To walk that way, I wrote it down like this Miracles display the nature of God and his covenant with us. We serve a good God, amen. Amen. We serve a good God, and miracles are how he displays his nature and his covenant with us. But here's what's important whenever God moves and does the miraculous in his life, or maybe when your answer is prayer or your prayer is answered and and something turns around, it's not for you to say, Look at this badge. Look at this, what God did for me. Look what he chose to do for me. Instead, our posture is this. I'm just a canvas for God's glory to be displayed. Look at the glory of God on my life. Look what he did because he's so great and he's so sovereign and he's so mighty. Can I get an amen? Amen. Not because I'm any kind of special. That's how we need to steward the miraculous. There's a lot of uh, connection between testimony and God's power. Let's look at it in Deuteronomy chapter six, verse 17 says this. It says, you shall diligently keep the commands of the Lord, your God, his testimonies, his statutes, he has commanded you. Command, we know what a command is. A command is a to-do. God says, hey, I command you to do this. This is your thing. Uh, Basically, it's God telling you what to think. A command is you do this. This is what you are to think. His statues are his value system. This is where he teaches us how to think. So a to-do, a command, is this what you two to-do, this what you're to-think. His statutes are, these are my values, this is how you should think. And a testimony is an understanding of his abilities. Oh, these are his testimonies. I have an understanding of his abilities. Uh, to hold his testimonies means this, to hold a record of God's interventions so close that it becomes your new lens for problems and possibilities. I'm holding God's goodness and his testimonies and his abilities so close to me that whatever I see out in front of me, whatever the diagnosis is, whatever God's put in front of me, I know the God that I serve. And that's the lens that I look through. So that's the power of a testimony saying, I know the God that I serve. I doesn't look right. And the doctors aren't saying it's this. But I got this testimony held so close to me that I can see this in a different light. Can I get an amen today? Psalm 78 verse one says this, give ear, O my people to my law, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. I got much more to read, but the scripture starting to set up this power of testimony and sharing and translating the goodness of God and making sure the next generations are hearing it. Verse four says this. We will not hide them from our children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, testimonies of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works. He has done says we won't hide them. Uh, One translation describes it like this, uh, misplacing them. If you've ever misplaced them, where is that? It's hidden. I can't find that. It's saying, hey, we're not going to misplace. We're not going to let this get lost, the testimony and the goodness of God. We're going to keep this in front of us for our children and our children's children. Can I get amen today? Of his strength and his wonderful works. Verse five, it says, for he established a, here it is again, testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded to our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Because these testimonies and the moves and the power of God is something that we have to keep advancing for generations. Verse six, that the generation to come might know them, that the children would be born, uh, that the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. Verse seven, that they may set their hope in God. Our testimonies to our children help us set their hope in God. One translation of the word hope means courage. Listen, it's saying this, our testimonies help set courage in the next generation. When government can't do it, when the educational systems can't do it, when all the things of the world can't set and free and direct and, and establish our kids, it's the hope of God in our testimonies that we send to them that's going to give them the courage that they need. Can I get an Amen. amen. And it says, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commands, verse eight. And it says, and that they may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Then it gives us what happens when we don't do these things. Verse nine, then the children being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law right here and forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. When the battle came, they turned their back on the battle. Why? Because they forgot the testimony of the goodness and the power of God. They forgot what he had done in their life and how he had delivered them and how he had taken them from here and put them to there. we got to be a people who make sure we don't forget that God took us from here to here. Can I get him in today? It's testimonies. It's the power of God. It's remembering the goodness of God. I wrote it down like this testimonies breathe courage for the miraculous. When we talk about the goodness of God and the moves of God and the power of God, and we give testimony of this, it breathes on the miraculous. Uh, I thought about like this, when we don't talk about our testimonies and the breakthrough that God has given to us, we see a decline. I believe this, when we don't talk about the miraculous in our testimony, it declines. And then when it declines, we see miracles less. And we see miracles less, we expect less. And when we expect less, we talk less, we testify less. And then things happen less. And that's how we've gotten to the point where we see so many dead churches. Because the expectation for the miraculous has gone away. And instead, all we want to do is create programs and systems and seven points and make everything theological and in our mind. And theology is important, but we have to believe that there is a God who moves amen. in power and signs amen. and wonder. Can I? Amen. Charles Spurgeon uh, begins to even wonder these very same things about how God wants to move in power and do more in power and testimony. Charles Spurgeon, July 17, uh, 1859, he's a great historian, a revivalist, uh, and on July 17, 1859, uh, I think maybe some of you might have been around for this, but um, just kidding, just my mother-in-law, that's it. Is she in here? I'm just kidding. Where is she? Is she playing hooky today? (laughs) Mm, that's okay. She moved her seat and still <laughs> caught fire. Still caught fire. My favorite is that her husband, who might be like a minute older than her, he always just misses everything, you know. Like we, but he pays well to stay out of the jokes, so he gets to sit over there and laugh. He just gets to laugh. But Charles Spurgeon, you know, this great revivalist, he he, he begins to write this in 1859. He says this, When people hear about what God used to do, one of the things they say is, oh, that was a very long time ago. That was a very long while ago. They imagine that the times have altered since then. I can believe anything about the Reformation, the largest accounts that could possibly be given. I can take that in. And so could I concerning Whitfield and Wesley, all that to be true, that they labored vigorously and successfully. But that was many years ago. Now things are in a different state from then. Granted, Wigglesworth says, but I want to know what the things have to do with it, he says. They say, oh, yeah, things were different back then. He's saying, but what do things have to do with it? He says, I thought it was God that did it. Has God changed? Is he not immutable? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Does that not furnish an argument to prove that God has done it one time, would desire to do it again? Nay, I think I may push a little further and say what he has done once is a prophecy of what he intends to do again. Amen. Prophecy is a testimony. Yeah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it there, I declare he's going to do it again. The mighty works which have been accomplished in the olden times shall be repeated, and that the Lord's songs shall be sung again in Zion and shall be again greatly glorified. What God has done should boost in our hearts what he's going to do again. Right. If we've seen that the Lord has done it in Hannah's life or anybody else's life, it ought to boost that he desires to do it again in our life. Can I get an amen? Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, and they overcome him. Speaking of the enemy, by the blood of the lamb, what had already happened on the cross, what Jesus already paid for for us. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Literally, our ability to overcome is linked to our ability to give testimony of the goodness of God. Can I get an amen? Paul, so many times, go back and read all of Paul's writings, the Apostle Paul. He's talking about, hey, here's some instruction, and here's some teaching, and here's how you walk with the Lord, and here's how you do these things. But all of his letters are baked with these things of, oh, I was once here, but then God did this. All of his writings and letters are full of his what? Testimony. Because he understood that there's power in testimony, letting people know that God moves on our behalf. I've also found this to be true. That people will love to argue, maybe an atheist or somebody who's a non-believer. They love to argue the Bible. And you can actually argue the Bible all day long with people. And so I've kind of gotten to a point where I sort of give up on arguing the Bible and I just begin to share my testimony with people. Because people can't argue with, you know what, I used to have a horrible marriage and then God stepped in and now it's a little bit better. I used to be a person of anger, but God stepped in my life and now I'm a lot better. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Our testimony has power. Amen? Amen? There's this scripture in Mark chapter 8, scriptures talking about how the disciples wanted food. Uh, and so what we forget about the disciples is they were actually teenagers. That's why so much of the interaction with Jesus and the disciples is about food, because they were teenagers. <laughs> it was teenagers who more food. So Mark chapter 8, verse 17, uh, we see this. They're hungry. They're asking Jesus about food, and he says this. Uh, he says, But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason, because you have no bread? Do you not, or have you not yet perceived or understood? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you, do, do you not hear? And then he says this, and do you not remember when I broke the five loaves and 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up or leftovers? And the disciples said 12. We got 12 more baskets. We took 12 more with us. I love what he says here. I'll close with this if I can take keys. I love what he says here. He gives them these three questions, which I think apply to us when we're considering how God is moving in our life. He says, can't you see? Because there's times when things happen in our life, and we can't see it. I'm a visionary. I I love to see things coming in advance and things coming. I'm a vision guy. I love to see things. But there's time where I get in seasons where I'm waiting on the Lord to move and to direct, and I can't see it. And there's then He says, "This can you hear? Can you hear?" Many of you are great listeners. You're great discerners. You can be in a room with someone and you can just tell by the inflection of their voice or something that they're saying or the way that they said it. uh, Because you're just such a great hearer, you can tell what's going on. But there'll be times where you you can't hear either. You're saying, Lord, I I can't see. I can't hear what you're doing. So then he asked that question. Do you remember? Because there's times when we can't see and we can't hear, but we can always remember what the Lord has done in our life. What is he asking? He's asking, do you remember the testimony of how I delivered you? Can you remember the time that I showed myself to you? Can you remember the time that I took you from here and set you up here? How many are with me? He said, do you remember why? Because there's power in the remembering the goodness in the move of God. Psalm 111 verse one says this, praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright, in the congregation. The Lord's or the works of the Lord are great. Studied by all who pleasure in him, it says this in verse three his work is honorable and glorious and righteous. It doers forever. Verse four, he has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. All of these works, our assignment is to remember them and give testimony of them and share them. Anytime God moves on our behalf and answers prayers, and even when he doesn't, we still talk about the goodness of God and the way that God has moved and extended grace to us. Psalm 119 verse 11 says this, your testimonies I have taken as a heritage. One one, uh, meaning of heritage is as an inheritance. Your testimonies, the Lord's testimonies, which means anything he's ever done, A testimony is a full record of anything he's ever done. He says, I have taken your testimonies, your works, your accomplishments as my inheritance. It's mine. It's mine is what he's saying. It's ours as believers. Is God a creator? That's your testimony he can create in your life. Is he your savior? That's a testimony in your life that he can save you. Is he a forgiver? That's an inheritance that you can take in your life. Are you with me? And the scripture says this, uh, your inheritance forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. They are the rejoicing of my heart. Verse 12, for I have inclined my heart to perform your statues forever to the end. First Thessalonians 5, 16 says it this way. It says, rejoice always, pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ. Rejoice always, be joyful, stay joyful, rejoice in the Lord. Pray continually, be praying. We talked about it last week. And then this, give thanks in all circumstances. What is giving thanks? It's giving thanks, testimony, great gratitude, saying, God, you're so good, you're so great." Even when I don't see it, even when I can't hear it, even when I don't, I'm remembering that you're a good God who doesn't leave his people. In Nehemiah chapter 11 and 12, you actually see as they're sort of establishing and rebuilding and setting up uh, this community of God, you see that they literally had paid people set up as a part of God's people to be people who continually offered thanksgiving and gratitude. So they said, hey, if we want this to be successful, if we want to continue to see God move on our behalf, we got to set up a structure and a base here where we're constantly giving testimony and thanksgiving and gratitude for the powerful God that we serve. It's the same thing in our life. We have to keep this recycling machine of, God, you're so good, and we believe. And then we ask, and we contend, and we believe, oh, God, we know that you've done it before. You can do it again if you choose through your grace. Are you with me today? And we got to rid ourselves of negativity because negativity is the opposite of faith. Negativity is faith in reverse. I don't know how it's going to work, how it's going to. They said that she might have brain damage and could be a vegetable and, and we should be expecting paralysis and this not to work. Or we expect her to stand up Amen. and recognize people. Are you with me? Yeah. So we believe because here's what I wrote down. Complaining means we are more mindful of the problem than we are of the God we serve in his power. Yeah. We've got to keep our minds set on the God who moves and dwells and advances on our behalf. Amen. Amen. will not you stand to your feet? I know we're right at time, but I want to take just a couple more minutes. Because I believe it's God's desire to testimony. Do it again. I believe it's God's desire to, to just meet more needs as we call out and cry out to him. I believe God moves in signs and wonders. And so I know many different stories, whether it be sicknesses, Ill, illnesses, emotional, whatever you're facing, could be old injury, any, anything that's out of order from the way God designed you to be. I believe that God can move on our behalf. So we're going to just do it again because testimony is do it again. We're so grateful for the way the Lord has moved, but we also believe that God's not on lunch break. And so we're going to just pray quick, but I want you to have on your heart and in your mind and in your words, ask him again to, to meet your need or somebody else's need as we pray. So God, we love you so much. We're here and we know you're here, the God of miracles. God, we know that you're the God who hung the stars and formed this planet and put all things to being. Lord, we know that you're the beginning and the end and everything in the middle. And so God, in this place that we are, God, we ask that you meet us where we are in our need. Lord, if it's a sickness, disease, infirmity, Lord, if it's emotional, God, we pray right now that you meet us there. Lord, we know your word says by your stripes we're healed. Lord, you also says that where two or three or more are gathered, you're in the middle, you're moving, you're working. God, we're here believing that you desire to do the miraculous. We don't believe that these are for the old times, but instead we believe that everything you've done is a prophecy unto the things that you are going to do and even now. So God, we just come against cancer, arthritis, MS, infertility, anything unaligned in bloodstreams, anything unaligned in brains. Lord, we just come against anything that the enemy may try to put against his people. And we say it'll come to naught. Lord, your word says if we have faith of a mustard seed, we can say to a mountain, be removed. Lord, your word promises that no weapon formed against us shall prevail. So we come against everything formed, against your believer, against those that are praying and believing. And we say that it'll come to naught. Yeah. We give you glory and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.